Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about an indigenous geomyth that helped scientists solve an ancient island mystery and whether truth serum really works. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Researchers who study tsunamis in the Pacific Ocean have a problem. They don't have any records of the ancient waves that surely swept the region from time to time. But someone does. A new study shows the residents of one Pacific island have likely been telling and retelling the story of an ancient tsunami for nearly 500 years. Macon is one of the many atolls that make up the modern nation of Kiribati. It has a distinctive geological feature. Three huge boulders made of dead coral that sit in the middle of the atoll between two islands. The smallest boulder is 60 feet or about 18 and a half meters around and sits underwater. And the largest is 130 feet around, about 39 meters, and it sticks out of the water. That one is wider than a school bus is long. Indigenous residents of the island have a legend about how the boulders got there. It goes like this. A long time ago, villagers who lived on an island sent a gift of fruit to a neighboring king. When the king discovered the fruit was rotten, he punished the islanders by sending three huge waves crashing onto the tiny island, and each wave was carrying a giant boulder. Just before the third boulder hit, the king heard the villagers' pleas for mercy and decided to spare them. Traditional stories that contain information about the geological history of a place are called geomyths. Indigenous cultures across the world use geomyths to share information and pass warnings through time. One story told by Aboriginal people in Australia is thought to tell the story of a volcanic eruption that happened 35,000 years ago. Of course, not every traditional story is a geomyth, so geologists need a bit more supporting evidence to figure out what's going on. Fortunately, the boulders on the Macon Atoll contain two important clues. The first is their sheer size. These gigantic chunks of coral had to come from somewhere, but the geologists couldn't find any evidence of a reef of that size in the area. The most reasonable explanation is that a powerful tsunami ripped the rocks off of a reef farther off the coast and deposited the boulders where they are now. The tsunami would have been strong, too. It must have been as powerful as the storm that hit Fukushima, Japan in 2011. The second clue is in the chemical makeup of the boulders. Living coral incorporates uranium from the seawater as it grows, and this process stops when the coral dies. Because the chemical structure of uranium transforms over time, it's possible to calculate when a piece of coral died. The researchers calculated that these boulders died almost 500 years ago, maybe because they were ripped from a larger reef by a really strong tsunami. Traditional geomyths made this discovery possible, and the researchers hope the more precise scientific knowledge of tsunamis in the region will ultimately benefit the people who live there. I mean, when it comes to tsunamis, you have to know what's happened before to prepare for what might happen next. It's a common scene in spy movies. The hero refuses to talk. 
But the villain has a foolproof plan, a truth serum that makes lying impossible. You might be surprised to learn that so-called truth serums have actually been used in real life. But do they work? The modern fascination with truth serums began in the early 20th century. At the time, a drug called scopolamine was widely used as an anesthetic for childbirth. It was intended to lull women into a twilight sleep while they were in labor. It was thought to erase any memories of the pain, and by all accounts, it actually seemed pretty effective. But in 1915, an obstetrician named Dr. Robert House noticed that his patients weren't completely fading into a stupor. Instead, they seemed to be able to answer questions accurately. He reasoned that if the drug could make a woman forget the pain of childbirth without turning her memory into mush, it could probably make a person forget to lie without affecting their memory and comprehension. He pitched the idea of using scopolamine to exonerate the wrongly accused. He even performed a few experiments. This led to scopolamine becoming the first widely accepted truth serum. In the decades that followed, the list of alleged truth serums grew. Some of the most notable additions included the barbiturates sodium pentothal and sodium amytal. Many of these were originally developed as painkillers, like scopolamine was, and later moved into the interrogation room. But do any of these drugs actually work? I mean, do they really force people to tell the truth? Well, physiologically, the drugs suppress the central nervous system, which creates a relaxing and even hypnotic effect. The idea is that lying requires more mental effort than telling the truth. So if your mental abilities are compromised, you might not be able to lie. But this doesn't guarantee the truth as much as it creates an unreliable narrator. Someone under the influence of a so-called truth serum may end up telling the truth, but they could just as likely repeat suggestions posed by their interrogator or make up facts entirely. Outside of a controlled experiment, it's nearly impossible to tell the difference. So while there are substances we call truth serums, whether they actually make people tell the truth is a roll of the dice. Like a six-sided die or a D20? Oh, don't even start with me, Cody. <laughs> Hey, Ashley, let's recap today's takeaways. We learned that a geomyth from the people of Macon Atoll helped scientists learn more about the history of tsunamis in the area. Three large coral boulders sit in the water near the island, and the village tells of an angry king who sent those boulders toward the island atop giant waves. Sure enough, when scientists looked into it, they found evidence that those boulders must have hitched a ride on a giant tsunami. Geomyths like this can conserve geological history of an area for tens of thousands of years. The last month, we covered a story about how a lot of fairy tales are older than you thought. And in that story, we mentioned that fairy tales and folk tales can contain hidden lessons about the past. So I was pretty pumped to learn about this story because it is literally exactly that. Yeah. I mean, every story is based on something. Even like a week or two ago, we did the biblical city of Sodom, right? Raining fire and brimstone. And then astronomers are like, hey, this might have been why. It's pretty sweet. It's awesome. We also learned that there are substances out there called truth serums. But whether they actually make people tell the truth is dubious at best. They suppress the nervous system and make mental effort more challenging. And since lying takes more effort than telling the truth, that should make it harder to lie. 
But people under the influence of truth serum are just as likely to make things up or repeat the suggestions of their interrogators as they are to tell the truth. And if you remember our story about psychedelic research in the 1950s, this actually has some overlap with it. One potential use of LSD was as a truth serum. That was what the CIA was investigating it for. And, uh, you know, that didn't work either. But, you know, it's kind of interesting how how much we were looking for a truth serum for a while. Yeah. And all that stuff the CIA was doing in the 50s and 60s. No good. No good. So I right. did not realize that Project MK Ultra was a real thing. Like, I thought that was an urban legend that the CIA. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. The, so the, C, the if you don't know, the CIA ran a program with illegal human experimentation uh, with unwitting participants for almost 20 years, starting in 1953. And they were giving people LSD, sometimes without their knowledge, in part because they thought it might create a truth serum, while at the same time, the U.S. government was super outraged that LSD was, you know, escaping the lab and getting on the streets and creating this counterculture movement. So then the Controlled Substances Act happens. LSD becomes illegal while the government's using it on people. I just the 60s was an outrageous time period. Just totally outrageous. Yeah. I mean, have you have you seen the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats? No. OK, well, you you of all people need to see that movie, but it's Uh-oh. it's like it's based on a real thing it's basically the u.s military was trying to employ psychic powers as a weapon (laughs) and so it's about those tests it's just wild oh boy well if you remember indiana jones and the last crusade right that was about the germans in world war ii trying to get a religious artifact that would make them all powerful and that was a thing like there were programs that was a thing they didn't just make that up for the movie? No, not well, not specifically the the Lost Ark, but but that was a thing that the Nazis were looking at a lot of extraterrestrial, like otherworldly, like supernatural kinds of weapons, and they were investigating that kind of stuff to help them in the war. So it, basically everybody in these wars was turning to like extraordinary supernatural or extraterrestrial solutions and weapons, and it's just totally wild. I wonder if that was just a product of the times or if they're all still doing it and we just don't know. (laughs) Oh, that's terrifying. (laughs) Oh, that's so terrifying. I, you know, my money's on. They're still doing it. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) Today's writers are Grant Curran and Cameron Duke. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow, and hey, you don't have to give Ashley and me a truth serum. We're going to help you learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.